Welcome to the Business Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. Do you make food? Then let us help you make money doing it. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook, or email us info at businesschef.org. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Business Chef Podcast with me, Chef Sean Boucher. Thanks for joining me. Another week, another idea, another show about how to help you make food and make money. You know, we are in uncharted waters currently, trying to navigate the COVID-19 crisis, trying to figure out where do we go from here? How do we react? What do we do now? And retailers they're no different. They are trying to figure out those questions and have been for the last decade as things continue to migrate online and brick and mortar becomes less and less. You have to learn to adapt, learn to change, learn to evolve. And how do you do that? Well, my good friend Lionel is here today to talk about what retail is, what it's going to be, opportunities they have and some of the struggles that they might have. I think the question on everyone's mind is, is retail dead? Well, let's ask him. Uh, Let's see, I was in-house business development at a uh, a gift company. Uh, It was a retail company that focused on doing shopping malls in in the 80s and 90s. Of course, I'm dating myself, but who cares? Um, and uh, we did seasonal kiosks in shopping malls all over the U.S. So I, I was involved in the real estate. I, I evaluated malls and I negotiated rents with, for kiosks. Uh, and this was for the holiday season. And then that company, um, so we started selling uh, like decorative lamps and gift things that people would buy for the holidays and other giftware. Those uh, mall channels started to decline in the mid to late 90s, or actually the rents went up a lot. So I got us involved in airport retail and uh, doing kiosks in airports. And that led to uh, highway locations on the East Coast on the toll roads, all the toll road stops. So we uh, we used to sell, we sell, and then we got into sunglasses. So we were selling sunglasses on the highway locations in the summer, um, which is sort of like shoot, shooting fish in a barrel. So I just got very interested in, and then I left to do my own consulting about 12 years ago, and I've been doing that ever since. So I, I work with different consumer companies. It's mostly retailers or people who are trying to sell product through to consumers, but through other channels. So I've worked with uh, different food products, uh, sushi companies, uh, helping pro- product companies get into retail stores and also other high traffic locations like airports. Uh, but basically, yeah, um, it all has to do with getting uh, products in front of the right consumers. Well, obviously you have some experience. You've done some things in this, in this area. So as an expert, as someone who knows kind of what they're talking about and has been around the block, so to speak, um, in your opinion, I'm curious, is brick and mortar retail 
debt? Well, I, I have thought long and hard about that, as everybody is, who's even vaguely connected to you know, retail or consumer product marketing. And um, I, did wrote, I wrote a book, actually, partly to, to answer for myself that question. Because if, uh, if everything is going to be sold online, then the need for brick-and-mortar uh, retail channels you know, will be minimal. Um, so, you know, that was a question that I was not finding good answers to, uh, despite all my reading and research. Uh, it seemed to come from either end of the spectrum, so the sort of pro Amazon technology maven type folks, the sort of technocrats were saying, yeah, everything will go online. Uh, retailers dead, traditional retailers you know, will just disappear. And that sounded like propaganda. I mean, obviously there's some truth to it. And then the other end of the spectrum was, you know, people like Walmart and shopping mall folks who, you know, they may suspect that might be happening, but they don't want it to happen. So, you know, in other words, it was both, and that, that viewpoint was also propaganda or, you know, heavily biased. So I thought, well, well, you know, let's really look at this. What is going to happen? So, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of people writing and thinking and blogging about this stuff. But I think that, yeah, retail, huge amounts of retail shopping is obviously is already online. But uh, the, the direct-to-consumer startups like Casper Mattresses and Warby Parker some, uh, Glasses that thought they would be just online – eight years ago or, you know, whenever they were founded, you know, five to five to 10 years ago, a lot of those companies started Harry's razors thought, yeah, we'll just be, we'll own a category and then we won't, you know, stores will be irrelevant. But all, most of those companies are now selling through retailers, either through their own brick and mortar stores like Warby Parker or Casper is selling through Target and other channels Harry's is Harry's raises is selling through Target, um, so you know it's it's not one or the other. Basically, the brick and mortar stores appear to still be the ones that have traffic, like Target and Walmart, and and your large grocery chains. You know they still have something that you can't find online. Uh, the the eyeballs of millions of people who are walking into a, a shopping environment, uh, that's very valuable way to get, get hold of folks. But of course that doesn't discount online. You know, I think you and I see this very similarly because I've heard recently something that I think is very apropos, something that, uh, I think really sums it up. Well, it's that, you know, retail is not going away completely, but bad retail is, and I think that there's something to that. You know, there's a lot of really focus on the authenticity, the customer experience, the relationship you have with your customers. And so, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see kind of what your, your perspective is on that. Um, I like what you said, though, about the, you know, the, the retail that's going to go away is bad retail. And also, I think the retail that will go away is retail that, and when we're, when, of course, online is a form of retail, but 
uh, you know, I think, you know, retail means brick and mortar, online retail means online retail. But yeah, I mean, bad retail is retail that hasn't thought carefully about the consumer's options to buy things online and how they are fitting into what consumers can do. So yeah, bad retail is retail that hasn't thought long and hard about, you know, why would a consumer need to walk into their store? Like, like Bed, <clears throat> Bed Bath & Beyond is struggling with that because most of the things they sell, you know, are very adequately represented online. Um, but yeah, I think that, um, I think that basically anyone who starts a consumer product company now that wants to sell to consumers, they have to think, and they are thinking, uh, sort of, uh, in a very fluid, um, way about online and brick and mortar really are no different than each other. They're just different facets and that you, they have to fl be fluent in both. So if they start online, they're still going to have to figure out which retail partners they need. And if they are legacy retailers like Macy's or Nordstrom or Kohl's, they are having to really, and you know, maybe they're not doing it fast enough. They <clears throat> like Bed Bath & Beyond has obviously not done it fast enough but they have to really start from scratch and say why, which aspects of our business are still relevant and which really are not relevant and we should kill. And of course that's incredibly hard to kill existing businesses um, or, you know, completely upend them. But, you know, that's what, the, that's what the legacy retail like Macy's Nordstrom, Bed Bath and Beyond Coles, you know, I think pennies and Sears, it's too late. Uh, maybe not, but it's almost certainly too late, I would say. Uh, and they've got to upend it and just start from scratch. That's easy for me to say that. but um. You know, it's just so interesting because I think you're totally right. I think that there is a there are two markets. There is the brick and mortar, there's the online retail, and they you have to play in both essentially um, for these different products. And it's, it's interesting to, to say, well, I'm, I'm going to be really functional and really fluid in this one. Um, but take Amazon, for example, you know, Amazon, they, they buy whole foods. They are starting to, to open up these um, you know, people-less stores. And so they're, you know, they're even migrating ever so slowly or slightly into that kind of that brick and mortar space also. So it's really interesting to, to hear how, you know, I don't think that it's, you know, necessarily one, all one or all the other. So with that said, if, if somebody wants to start a retail business and, uh, you know, what, what do you tell them? Do you tell them to start online? Do you tell them to start with brick and mortar where where does somebody start if they want to start uh, down this path? You know, they. I mean, the first, I think they should question why they're even bringing it to market at all, and presumably they have. They are thinking that they have sol they're solving a new problem, or well, there's a gap in the market. Um, now, you know, the and then the way to test that is, uh, you know, you could test that hypothesis online or, or through getting distribution in, 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 in physical retail. So if you don't, if you're just experimenting, 
you could do a pop-up shop, uh, some kind of a temporary store in the right high traffic environment, like in a major city like New York City, or uh, either in a shopping mall or on a highly trafficked street area. Or you could do a pop-up within another retailer. And of course, that requires some kind of partnership. And that's another way of saying, you know, get it in front of physical retail in the right demographics. But, but the way you would announce that location and that uh, event would be through social media and through digital means. So you'd be driving people you know, you'd be doing that too. And then obviously, you, as you engage people digitally uh, and in, in physical retail, you can give them the opportunity to buy online too. So I think, yeah, you, I basically, I mean, I, I'm not saying this is easy, but you have to launch with both channels in mind and test, test both. The, alternatively, you know, you can, of course, just launch on Amazon or Shopify, or just, you know, you can have an online presence right away and you can promote through social media, um, you know, and you can do that without, you know, without being geographically anywhere. Uh, and, you know, you can also test that channel. You know, I think what our good friend Lionel is saying is that omni-channel retail really is the way to go. And I think that, you know, we... We try to we try to say that we're going to focus on one or the other, but I think the point really is that we we have to focus on both to really be successful. So, special thanks to our good friend Lionel for being here today. If you want to find out more about him and his services and his books, go ahead and check out the links that we have with the show, and we will see you next week. share this podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, or anyone who's interested in making food and money. And when you get a second, give us a review. It really helps us get the word out as well as letting us know how we're doing. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org.